Welcome to Religion in Praxis. Um, I'm starting with a very special announcement today. Um, we got some Spotify data, statistics that is really a, a very big deal for us, the, 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 the people who are doing this podcast. A heartfelt thank you to our loyal listeners spanning in 36 countries, and that's actually 28,000 times, which I find unbelievable. I actually got back to this a few times, seeing... Uh, the numbers and and thanks everybody your engagement has truly transformed this journey into something really special from starting just as a kind of um, experimental work interviewing a few um, interesting colleagues now we're setting the standards really high and we promise to build on this and create a better product in the future and rest assured we're actually working on that now let's get actually to the episode and the podcast um, today will have um an interesting theme, uh, death and dying, uh, but uh, interestingly, we'll speak about religious aspects of this. And in today's episode, we're honored to have Dr. Jakob Viren with us from Lund University. Our discussion today centers around Dr. Viren's expertise on religious aspects of death in Sweden, a topic that promises to offer unique insights and perspectives. And besides his academic contributions, Jakob also brings a wealth of practical expertise from his role as a theological secretary to the Archbishop of Sweden's church, Church of Sweden's National Office in Uppsala. So join us in welcoming Dr. Viren today. Welcome. Thank you so much. So we start with the, the kind of a broader question. How do Swedish secular values influence society's perception of death and the grieving process. I think there are many, many interesting aspects to, to this, and there is a kind of interplay between, on the one hand, secularization, as you mentioned, and on the other hand, the, the quite strong Lutheran heritage in, in Sweden. And uh, perhaps um, death and cemeteries and burial are, are a, a, an interesting place where this becomes clearer than, than in many other um, other areas and, and contexts. And I, I think that w- what we see here is that the Swedish society is sometimes secularized in a, in a Lutheran way. So there is a kind of Lutheran secularization, uh, so, so to put it. And we can see that in, in, um, in, the, in the cemeteries and also in the legislation when it comes to, to death practices and, and cemeteries. But that even though the, the legislation is, of course, uh, neutral to, to different religious traditions, it is still shaped by how Lutherans envisage, envisage death and, and, uh, and burial. And, and, and that is, one can see several, I think, um, several examples of, of that. Um, and to, to just one more thing in, in, in terms of the, the general picture, I think that in, if if we think of, of religion as something that is private, individual, something that is textual based, uh, textual based that is voluntary, um, or if we see religion as something that is 
public, necessary, collective, oral, and ritually based. Those are, both of those descriptions are perfectly uh, fine as describing religion, but though they are also quite, quite different. And in the Lutheran tradition, I think that the former of those uh, have been prioritized, the individual, the private, the, the, the textual based. That's the nature of the Lutheran secularization exactly, that you're speaking exactly. about. So that is what we see in, in legislation and in, in our understanding of, of death and burial, whereas other forms of, of religion um, that, that may be more common in, in Catholic countries, in, in Muslim countries and so on, uh, are, not, um, are not that uh, clearly expressed. How do Swedish policies on end-of-life care reflect to the, the, the country's philosophical stance on dignity and autonomy? Because the way we see Sweden as a foreigner living here right now, it seems a very sort of individualistic and yet collectivist in some some mysterious way. So it's, it's actually the individual autonomy is valued hugely. It's a very tolerant society. It's a very open society. And, and, and there are a lot of philosophical questions on ending of life. And how, how does that work? I think we see a mix of, of several different things. The, 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 the trend of individualization is certainly a strong one. And I think it comes with, with secularization also. When, when, the, when the Church of Sweden or the religious rituals practices are not, are not necessarily the guide, then one one needs to to find another one and and here individuality comes comes to play we see that in several studies when it comes to both the the funeral ritual but also the other practices related to taking care of the body and and burial that individualization is is a, a strong strong trend in in many ways and we also see a um, increasing number of deaths without any ritual at all so so people people die the body is taken care of and it's buried but there is no religious or non-religious ritual do you know the stats approximately it it is difficult because <clears throat> what the what the scholars scholars uh, see then is that sometimes there can be a private ritual that is not it's not accounted for anywhere. It may be at the hospital, for instance. The, the close relatives, uh, they, they come together and they, they share some memories and, and that's about it. And that is, not, that is not accounted for. But we can see that it is at least, uh, it is at least increasing. And another trend that we see is, is that um, to see the funeral as a public event, that was a... That was a, a self-evident thing from from before now it is it is moving shifting towards becoming more of a private private uh, thing so that is also a trend that that we we see in this uh, in this uh, process and maybe one last thing that one can reflect on that is and, and that is of course a theological thing as well but that is when we have a funeral ritual is that on is is that conducted for the sake of the dead person or for the sake of the living and grieving that is also a shift where we see that from 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 being focused on for the sake of the dead person it is more richer for the sake of of the grieving and the guide us through the process itself so the person dies and then what happens if, if we're just following this traditional trajectory of we i want the religious ritual for my whatever member of the family god forbid and then what happens 
Exactly. So, so you you uh, you die. You 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 uh, you are sick. You come to to a hospital and you die in a hospital. And during that, during that period, it is the the healthcare legislation that that uh, applies, and and uh, then uh, at at this place you can you can come and see see the body and and uh, I mean have a certain kind of farewell at at that um, point. And in the hospital yes and and then normally you you contact a um, um, a um, funeral director um, that takes care of of much of the the, um, the the process and also the arrangement that needs to be to be done to to pre- make preparations for the for the body and and uh, and so on and and there is a funeral ritual uh, that can be that can take place in in a church, but it can also be in a more neutral uh, neutral um, uh, ceremony hall of, of some uh, some sort, and and then when the when the actual burial takes place, um, then we have another kind of legislation, the cemetery uh, legislation that that applies. And what what is interesting here is is that in this process we have we have the the um, healthcare legislation, and then we have the the um, uh, funeral legislation, um, but but there are there are several things that are not accounted for in any of these legislations that, for many religious minorities' perspective, are are self evidently a part of of such a ritual, such, such as the ritual cleansing of the body, for instance. That is not that is not accounted for in the healthcare legislation, and it's not accounted for in the in the uh, um, funeral and and burial legislation, and and that is that is one as one example of of this legislation being being conducted from a Lutheran perspective, and there are there there are other such such um, issues such as the, the the question of time from when a death takes place to when the body is is buried in 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 many religious traditions. The, the aim is to do that within 48, 48 hour, hours. In, in Sweden, um, that takes, uh, that the statistics say that it, it takes uh, on average a month, almost a month. And here Sweden is, is among the most, uh, most uh, among the countries who have the most uh, length uh, from, from death to, to burial. So is it a religious understanding of what constitutes the death in terms of the, how Lutherans envision what death is, like philosophically or um, epistemologically, or is it more practical matter that there is this you know, legislative aspect and just it takes time to organize things and you know, interpretations vary, what constitutes death, what not. So what's the, how, how does it work when it comes to practice, when it comes to, for example, this kind of ambiguity between what is death? When does it exactly count as death? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And because again, it might be one month, but in certain religions, it might be a no-go zone for keeping it one month. How does that kind of relate to the bigger questions of you know religious origin about the you know survival and you know this, this eternity of the soul and whatnot? I I think that it may be a part of this transition that we spoke of before from from being focused on for the sake of the dead. To for the sake of the living and yeah. the grieving. Yeah. So I mean, wh- one could of course describe that as a as a process of secularization. Mm-hmm. I, I I wouldn't necessarily say that it has to be that. I think I think there could be 
I mean, also from within the theological tradi religious traditions, there could be reasons to focus also on on the on the grieving and and on the the close relatives and so on. But given this shift of perspective, I think that that may be a reason also why why it takes takes longer time. Mm. And in 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 many countries and in Sweden in particular, we also have more f complex family structures now with bonus parents and bonus children and and and, and so on that makes it a bit messier i think to to find a, a, a date for for uh, for burial and, and and so on so i think there are several reasons that that um, come together when we see this this development but one is i i think that the shift from the dead to the to the living in in terms of, of focus and another maybe the complex family structures and maybe a third that there is no strong religious um, uh, tradition saying that that uh, it needs to be to be very fast for for the for the vast majority of, of the population in in, um, in Sweden. What happens with the mixed marriages, for example? How does it work when when one parent, one one member of the family is from another religion? Is there a kind of conflict that you have seen or encountered, or what kind of you know challenges that brings? Yeah, there there is a, of course a kind of, of negotiation that needs to to take place in those in those um, uh, in those situations, and and uh, many times it it works well, but it takes a little bit longer time. So that may also be be a reason, but a reason for for the longer time, but. Of course, sometimes it is also uh, um, it is so so um, loaded that that it is difficult to really solve it, and one needs to to mediate somehow. And and here we have an, an also an, an an interesting construction in Sweden, where the the former state church, the Lutheran Church of Sweden, is responsible for <clears throat> not for the funeral rituals of all, but for organizing the cemeteries for for all people in most parts of the country. And that means also that the parishes <coughs> in Church of Sweden uh, are responsible for, for dealing with some of these negotiations, not necessarily when it comes to ritual, but it may also apply to burial practices, for instance, whether whether cremation or, or, or not, and, and, um, and so on. So so here the, the, the Lutheran Church of Sweden and its its um, uh, priests and other employers have a have a role to play also in relation to to uh, Muslim and and, and, and other other um, citizens. How does the, the the Swedish approach to death education in schools shape children's understanding of mortality? That's a good. That's a good question. I don't. I don't really know know how to how to answer that my impression is that that death as such is not a very strong topic in in the Swedish school system there is a there is a common mandatory um, uh, subject called religious religious education um, which is going through all the world religions their holy books and, and, and uh, prophets and and uh, a little bit more but it doesn't deal with the issue of death as such, at least not necessarily. So, so um, uh, I, I would say that it is somewhat marginalized as a topic in in uh, in the Swedish school school system. I think so, at least.
And in a country with a high rate of atheism, I wonder how the Swedes find meaning and closure after death of the loved ones. You mentioned that you know the focus is on relatives, on the living. You also mentioned the bonus family. Many people might not know exactly what it is, so elaborate on that, please, so that we kind of get into the bigger picture of complex family structures here. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, how does that work? I think that one, one theme that we can, we can see is that secularization is perhaps not as, as deep and as widespread as we sometimes think, or, or, or maybe this is an area where, where um, religious and other values are, are shown in a, in a clearer way. I mean, if, if we look at, at the death rituals and other practices connected to, to, to burial and cemeteries, we can see that, that um, many do far more than the actual handling of the body requires. So there are symbols and rituals that goes beyond what the rational handling of, of the body requires. One, one takes um, draw the children draw pictures and put in the in the coffin other things to to accompany the 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 pers- the deceased person and and so on so so i think that is that is one one aspect in terms of high atheism and and and, and so that that in, in trying to find meaning and and closure one develops um rituals of, of various kinds and we can name them religious or, or, or not. I mean that is that is a question of, of discussion but but new things new ritual emerges. Another such ritual which is not completely new but has, which but has in, in the Swedish society uh, grown tremendously the last 20 or so or so, so years is to visit the cemeteries and the graves for All Souls Day in, in, in November. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, an, an old church uh, holiday, but, but uh, if you visit a cemetery during, during that period, All Saints Day, All Souls Day in, in, in November, you'll see that, that practically all, all graves have, have candles lit and there are people, they're so crowded that you can't even find a parking lot and, and a lot of people come, come there in order to, to visit their, their loved ones' graves. And, and if they happen to be in a, in a city where, where they don't have any relatives, they still visit a, a, a cemetery. So that is sort of a new ritual. And we can also see in, in the digital, in the digital um, society that, we, that we, we, we see that digital rituals in terms of social media and other things also appear, so emerge. What, do, do, what role do, do Swedish natural burial practices play in the cultural narrative surrounding death? And are, there, are, are they indicative of a deeper ecological philosophy? It's also, also interesting. There is a Swedish, Swedish religious scholar called David Zufjell, which and he, he describes the religiosity of the, of, of, of the Swedes as, as a, as a or, or the mentality of, of, of Swedes as a pine forest people. So, so the, our connection to, to trees and to, to the forest uh, is, is, um, is very strong and that there is in this connection there is some kind of 
spiritual or even religious uh, dimension. It, so that, that is his, his argument. And I think that could be seen also in relation to death practices. There are several cemeteries who are uh, designed as, as uh, forest cemeteries with natural, a lot of natural trees growing, not, not, not nicely designed parks, but rather forests. Um, so that is perhaps one, one trend. And another trend which is not that common but still exists is, is the uh, uh, desire to be, to be buried in, in, the, in the woods, in the forest or, or, or so. So you can see that kind of connection um, in, in, uh, in burial practices. That brings me to the question of the, the folklore in a way. So how has the history of Swedish folklore and its tales of afterlife persisted or changed in modern attitudes towards death? Mm. Is there anything meaningful to dig into that? If we go back to, to, the, to the Lutheran practices again, which I think maybe the Lutheran way of thinking about death has been uh, has been a counter narrative to some of the folklore uh, narratives and in terms of relationship with the dead we have we have two prominent um, protestant theologians Eberhard Jüngel and Søren Kierkegaard and and Jüngel in terms of of death and the relationship to the dead he de- he defines death as Verhältnislosigkeit, as the end of all relationships, that is Jüngel's definition of of uh, death. And Kierkegaard, his definition is seemed to be opposite. He says that that to love the dead ones, that is the the highest, most supreme form of love. Um, so so that's the most so not not verhältnislosigkeit but the most supreme form of love is to love someone um, a deceased one because that is a, a, a not that can never be a selfish love because we never get anything in return that is uh, Kierkegaard's rational and what both of these thinkers uh, presuppose I think is that there is no real mutual relationship between the living and the and the dead. So, so either death is Verhältnislosigkeit or uh, it, it's a really one-way relationship as in Kierkegaard's view. And I think that both of them are, are wrong and I think that that, that is maybe also a, a shift that is, is becoming increasingly clear that, that we have a continuous relationship between the living and the, the dead, not in a necessarily in a metaphysical uh, way but but they still affect us and we affect the memory of of them and we keep their phone numbers in our cell phones and we write on their facebook posts on their uh, the death of anniversary death and 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 uh, or on their birthdays and and so on so maybe in this when we reconsider uh, the relationship between the living and the dead, maybe some of these folklore um, uh, uh, things also also reappear, not in the same way, but we can we maybe see these kind of things that that from a Lutheran perspective have been very looked at looked upon with great suspicion. We know we, we yeah. don't want. Uh, 
the, there is no relationship with the dead. And of course, it has to do also with, with the Lutheran insistence that there is no purgatory. There is nothing between death and resurrection. So, I mean, it's a theological thing as well. But, but I think that is something that is, that is renegotiated and that some of the folklore, um, uh, folklore narratives and tales reappear in this, in this um, process. But, but of course, some of them also don't. As I briefly mentioned in the introduction part, we're proud of the fact that we're listened in uh, 36 countries, which I still couldn't believe really. And so what can the rest of the world learn from Sweden's approach to palliative care and philosophy of death with dignity? I know Swedes are not nationalists, so it's, it's <laughs> not the, that's not the very right question, I presume. But let's speak in kind of very technical terms. So there are, I think there are many things not to learn also. But, but uh, I, I think that in terms of the public conversation about these questions, because these are really sensitive questions, they are difficult questions, but I think that we, they are not so polarized in, in Sweden. We, we are still able to not to turn this into a culture war. We are, we are, we are struggling and negotiating questions of, of uh, the beginning of life and the end of life in a, in a I think, um, constructive and, and balanced, balanced, yeah, constructive and balanced way. So th that was, th that is one thing I think that, that is good to, 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 um, to be, patient with the fact that that these are difficult questions we have difficult different positions but we are still able to to discuss it in a constructive way that is maybe one thing uh, another thing um, that has to do with individualism and and autonomy that there is a, a backflip to that also but i think to if you now ask for the for the good things i think that there is a, a strong focus on, on the autonomy of the, the, the patient, of, of empowering the, the individuals and their decision, their decision making and their role in the, in the process of, 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 uh, of uh, sickness and dying and decision making and, and so on. So, so I think that, that ethical perspective on the, on the individual is, is there, are, there are good and strong sides uh, to to this and maybe a third a third thing to going back to the to the cemeteries i think that we to a large extent uh, people of different faiths and different religious traditions and so are cohabiting at the the cemeteries there are different quarters for 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 muslims and for hindus and and so on but but still within the same burial ground uh, and uh, i think that is also a, a sign of of uh, some kind of of coexistence and even perhaps cohesion that is uh, that is positive and many 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 swedes with a background in in other countries choose to be buried in Sweden rather than repatriated to, to, to their country of origin and maybe that is also a small sign of, of, um, of uh, yeah, an being anchored, feeling at home uh, in, in, um, in Sweden. And so this property, this basically the, the cemeteries are property of the state I presume, so it's, it's a very technical application for the space. Of the church actually. Of the church? Yes, exactly. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. so then notwithstanding your religion, you can actually be buried in pretty much Christian property. 
exactly. And then, then the uh, and, and this is a really good and interesting uh, question because then uh, the Church of Sweden has has this has the property uh, and also has the responsibility to to make room for burial ground for all citizens, but mm -hmm. but then not to make it cr a Christian space, but rather a space for all. So mm. so so it's not hallowed ground or, or, or in, in that in that sense but rather uh, ground for 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 all and that is received obviously since you know I've personally also seen in the Lund cemetery different uh, you know the, the people uh, you know, of different religion has been buried there and you know it's demonstrable and you can see the different sort of uh, even the the posture of the of the dead uh, face in the uh, whether you know the 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 cemetery test has a face a picture of of the dead person or not and then you can see also religious symbolism and you can definitely differentiate between uh, different religions and so there is no backlash no kind of uh, challenging or it's there's no uh, real debate about that in in terms of that is it canonical to allow uh, different religions to be buried in here or not and what kind of conversations are inside the church on this matter exactly this is this is very visible when you when you go to a Swedish cemetery you can you can see these if it's a larger one particularly in the cities you can really see these different quarters and 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 that they resemble different traditions and religious uh, traditions and I think that there are there are many debates uh, in in relation to this. So it, it's not it's not very very easy. Uh, there are theological debates, there are political debates, and and so on. But but I would say that that um, it it works at least rather rather well. And and from perhaps the most heated debates actually in latest have been from 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 a, from a how to put it from a from a right-wing extremist or or maybe a, a pop populist or, or racist perspective so, so there's been resistance in villages <coughs> where where the church of sweden say um, realized that we we have to extend the burial ground here to to make room for a, another muslim quarter at this cemetery or maybe an, an, an entire muslim Muslim graveyard uh, here, and then, then there is resistance from the local village that that no, we don't want the, the dead Muslims in in this uh, in our village, not in my backyard, so to speak. So and and then, of course, the the Church of Sweden representative find themselves in a situation where they, on on behalf of the the common good, uh, has to to defend the right for. For for people of other faiths to be to be uh, buried and and the um, this construction is perhaps not always known by by every citizen that this is this is the task of the Church of Sweden not of of the government to to do this so that's one example of a uh, a very unfortunate but still an existing um, uh, discussion that that Church of Sweden representatives sometimes find themselves uh, in. And then, if I may, another another such um, uh, example, um, which is which is different, is is that when when say say a, a Muslim or or um, or uh, or so would be um, would be buried, then then of course the, the it's not the task of the 
of the Church of Sweden representative to, to go and say Christian prayers of, over that quarter. But then sometimes it is the task of the, the Church of Sweden representatives to collaborate with, with uh, representatives from these different faith traditions in order to, to do a multi-faith somehow um, inauguration of that part. So maybe the Muslim and the Hindu and, and the local mayor maybe also can can walk around from 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 quarter to quarter at the cemetery and and uh, inaugurate the different parts. So so uh, in that sense, I think the cemetery is is an interest not not always easy, but an interesting um, site of interreligious negotiation and interreligious cooperation in a secular society and yet also a very multi-religious. Uh, society. Yeah, it's interesting. Also, b- brings the the idea of social structure in a way to the equation. So, how has the Sweden's social structure, known for its welfare and social support systems, influenced the way individuals comfort existential questions about mortality? Because we have seen. I mean, I, I lived in various countries, but the, the the welfare the welfare system and social support here is, I think, very distinguished and very you know exceptional in some mm-hmm. so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wonder what's your take on that. <clears throat> one, one aspect of that would perhaps be that, that the level of that there is a high level of, of trust and also a high level of expectation of what the society uh, quotation mark uh, should should do. What is the society's uh, responsibility, and and that perhaps also. Uh, makes the, the 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 relatives and the friend the friends and other persons role in the death process and in handling the body very limited so so one one assumes that this is something for the society to to take care of and i think that there are various there are there are good and positive sides of that it it is a little bit of an equalizer you don't have to be rich and have very many friends in order for things to be to be done, so so to speak. There there is really uh, something that the society do, does together, but but also it can it can of course create a little bit of of loneliness and also a little bit of distance to to death. You you can be an adult and and um, have only seen dead people on 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 the on the pictures uh, and on, in the movies. So so it's it's a little bit mixed also. Yeah. So, Jakob, drawing from your unique position as a theologian and a theological secretary to the Archbishop, how do you interpret the the shifts in attitudes toward death and afterlife within Swedish society, especially against the backdrop of Western philosophy and Lutheran secularization that you mentioned? From your theological viewpoint and experience, how have you seen these attitudes towards death and afterlife evolve and change? And we'll finish with that. I think that we see a development of, of different... Of different sort, um, but one one is that that we are not as secular as we as we thought we were, and I think that in in our way of dealing with with death and burial and cemeteries, that is that is really an arena where this becomes more clear than than before. Mm. I think this is also an arena where the fact that Lutheran tradition has formed the Swedish society uh, 
that this is an arena where we can we can see this in a in a in a clear and interesting way, and this is also an an arena where where the Church of Sweden as a, as only one of the denominations of many others in in Sweden appear in a in a very particular particular way that I think is is. Um, also, also worth consideration from both part of, of society and from, from part of, of uh, the, the church itself. Uh, Dr. Jakob Virin, thank you very much for being with us. Thank you for joining us um, in our audience on this enlightening journey. And we we'll look forward to bringing you more engaging conversations with uh, leading experts in the future episodes of Religion in Praxis. Until then, take care and stay curious. Mm-hmm.